they dragged me from Brooklyn to Atlanta. And once I graduated from high school, they was like, okay, what, what are we going to do with this kid? Well, he has art per se. He does graffiti. He walks around with a black book, almost has a Sharpie and marker in his hand. Throw his ass in art school. And for me, my crux was that I had a damn stroke, a literal stroke to where I was in the hospital on my damn deathbed. I know how to do a lot of things. It does not mean that I should be doing everything. We've got some- Hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit Podcast. Where we talk about entrepreneurship, mindset, and of course, how to turn your content into profit. Go to contentsprofit.com and join the community. Good things happen there, guys. Good things happen. Oh yeah, today we have an incredible guest. And we're gonna be talking all about breaking out from your cage and growing your business. Do you have a cage, Fonzie? Sometimes I feel like I do. I know. I I I just want to break out and, you know, and conquer the world. And I think that's what we're going to learn today here with today's guest. I know. You know, reading his story and when I met him, uh, dude, I felt like he has broken out of multiple cages multiple times. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Can't wait to dive in. But uh, before we get started, Fonzie, do we have a sponsor today? Indeed we do. Thank you for asking, good sir. Today's sponsor is your own, The Biz Bros. Yes. We sponsor our own podcast with Content Momentum. If you are looking to build your six or seven figure platform and you want to increase your status and your opportunities, we are here to help you out. Slide into the DMs at Beast Bros Co. on Facebook, on Instagram. That's right, guys. And follow the show because every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, these episodes are dropping golden boulders all around your head, I guess. I'm going to say your head. Uh, so you can move your business and life forward. Let's go. Yeah. For those that are new here, golden boulders are just like golden nuggets, just way, way bigger. bigger. Let's go. Now. If today's guest help you move one step closer to your goal, please don't forget to share this episode with three friends. That is your ticket of admission to listening to this free and awesome podcast. A little bias in there, but I think it's pretty awesome. That's right. That's and right. don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thank you. Good job, Fonzie. All right, new guest alert. <laughs> we met him through our good friend, Donnie Boyvin. Today's guest was one of the speakers of the Badass Business Summit. And let me tell you, he is a total badass. That's right. Today's guest has done everything. <laughs> and I mean that. He has built and done anything from an impressive marketing agency, insurance teams, written a book, and check this one out. This one took me by surprise. <laughs> he became a travel agent as well. If there's someone out there with loads of experience, it is today's guest. And that's pretty impressive. But check this out. After years of hustling and growing, he's dedicating himself to building his community, which is led by his podcast, Boss on Cage, which you totally need to go check out. Oh, yeah. Right after this episode, you need to go and subscribe to his podcast. Please welcome host of Boss on Cage, the big boss himself. Self, SA Grab! <laughs> What's up, yeah, SA? Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me on the show, man. Dude, it's an honor to have you here. Uh, this has uh, been a long time coming, honestly. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> Definitely. It's your fault, Fonzie. Just, just <laughs> no, gotta put that out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> essay, um, uh, yeah, man. Like, we're. I'm excited. I'm excited to to dive into the uncage your story, right? Like, uh, I have so many questions already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for those that might not be very familiar with you, uh, how do you actually start in the entrepreneurship with like building these businesses or creating these companies and, and working with teams? Like, how did that actually start? 
it was one of those things, man. I think it's like when you're you're born into being an entrepreneur, but you don't know it, and then it just happens. And it, for me, it happened when I was in college, and you know, I was getting my first degree, which was graphic design, and I was like, this is cool, but how do I monetize this bad boy? Like, what can I do with it? And then from there, I then went to something else. I was like, this is cool too. How do I monetize that? So it became kind of like a lifelong addiction for me. Mm, that's interesting. I love I love that. I feel like some people happens a little bit more organic but i feel like you are already like in that mindset of like how do i make this money like money with this and i'm curious mm -hmm. why like did you have a a necessity right like coming you know from a certain background i'm not sure uh for us personally when we started looking for solutions was because our parents like demanded it from us we were like oh I want this. Well, okay, figure out how to make it happen, right? I was like, okay, well, uh, what can I do? Okay, let's resell some soccer t-shirts, for example, right? I'm curious, like, where did that, uh, you know, hunger, if we want to put it that way, for, for monetization came from? I think it, it was more so me just being a natural, you know, tinkerer, right? It's just like putting things together. Like, when I, when I was in school, it was like early 2000. So, you know, it was kind of before Apple, like, really blew up to what it was, before iTunes. Yeah. And back then, it was kind of like, so I was like, okay, what's this multimedia thing, right? Nowadays, you look at it as, like, the metaverse, right? So, mm -hmm. it was just kind of me just touching and being extremely excited about something, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, eventually, I'm going to have to make money at doing that. I just can't go around and pushing buttons and creating cool things without, you know, creating some kind of profit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like a lot of people might have some um, confusion, like where they go, right? Like, for example, we're from Venezuela, mm -hmm. right? Originally, right? Like, um, I went to school and business school because we have a saying, if you don't know what to do, just go to business school. And then mm -hmm. it, I guess you'll figure it out, right? So I did two years in Venezuela, and then I came here on a, on a soccer scholarship, right? Mm -hmm. But it was the same mentality. It was like, I honestly don't know what to do. And then through my college career, right, I found a lot of people that were in the same position, maybe very confused, or like three years in, they're like, crap, like, this is probably not the thing that I really want to do. And I just wasted three years, right? Maybe that was the mentality, right? Um, how, and, and we'll dive into like the multiple experience, but like, why do you choose to do graphic design? That, that, that seems to be like a very uh, powerful start, right? Uh, especially yeah. nowadays, like it's like, you, you know, the future. Uh, so what, why that? And then how's that, it, hmm. how has that helped that the decision helped you, uh, build what you're building now? Yeah. So I grew up in Brooklyn, right. And in like my middle school years, I had a friend of mine and his tag name was Acre. So Acre essentially put me on to graffiti. So I started like, you know, learning about markers, studying graffiti, etching glass, spray painting. And I was more like a tagger catching quick tags. So my parents knew that I was a graffiti artist. So when I came, they dragged me from Brooklyn to Atlanta. And once I graduated from high school, they was like, okay, what, what are we going to do with this kid? Well, he has art per se. He does graffiti. He walks around with a black book, always has a Sharpie and marker in his hand, throw his ass in yeah. art school. So then when I went to art school, I was like, what am I going to do in art school? I don't know. What's this graphic design thing? And then the first day in my first graphic design class, I was like, holy shit, this is the Mecca. It, just, like, <laughs> it opened up. I was like, I can do what I was doing running from the cops, but I can do it in a digital fashion and yeah, not yeah. be arrested for it. So I just fell in love with it. It became like a lifelong passion. Mm, that's impressive. I I'm curious, how do you think that that move, your, you know, your parents moving you from Brooklyn to, to Atlanta changed your life right there? It was drastic because, I mean, you know, you think about high school. High school is at that pivotal point to where, you know, I have a, I have two high school kids right now. So I couldn't imagine yeah. ripping them out of their school currently right now and take them to another side yeah. of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like the only thing that they essentially know is Atlanta. But imagine me moving them to Alaska. Yeah. Like, what the hell? 
So, I mean, to the, I think it was, it was a good decision in the long run. It, it gave me some more opportunities. But being who I am, I think no matter where they would have placed me or where I was, eventually I would still become who I am today. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I feel like uh, that was the the first cage, right? That you know, <laughs> you broke out. We're like, all right, let's yeah. go in a, in a sense, right? So, uh, walk me through a little bit of like after after graduation, right? Like, did you start your business like right in college? How was that first experience, right? Build, building something, right? Because in the in, in the intro, we mentioned there's several things. How was that first experience? We all, we have our first experience with like uh, vinyl stickers. That was our thing, and we were not graphic designers, so we were like, "Oh man, how do we figure this one out?" Um, but like, t- walk me through like what was that first experience? Uh, you know, creating something of value, building a business, and moving forward. Hmm. I think for me, it really gave me an, an an itemized look at what a rebranding looks like because mm-hmm. my first degree was graphic design, so the first company was essentially Cerebral Graphics because that's the only thing that I knew how to do. And yeah, then after yeah. that, it then became cerebral media as I became more of a multimedia specialist. And it just kept evolving and evolving. So if nothing else. It gave me an opportunity to see, like, how do I update my brand to match my target audience mm-hmm. before I even knew what a target audience was? Before I even knew, like, before Facebook even had ad campaigns, yeah. I was trying to figure out, well, you know, graphic design is going to leave me down a pigeonhole. They're going to see me as only a designer when I'm also, I can code, I can develop. So how do I bring these two worlds together? So I'm going to have to change my name from graphic to media. And then eventually, you know, that brand became Cerebral 360, which is just a full, complete solution. So it was me updating on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that that evolution and willing to adapt. And that's actually something that we were talking about probably like last week, fairly recently. Yeah. And it was (laughs) the evolution of the service. Like we've been doing what we have been doing for the last year and a half. And we haven't really like changed it that much. And where we had clients coming in, right? And they're like, oh, but you do X, Y, and C. We're like, you know, like that's a little bit outside of the scope. We want to like focus on what we do really mm-hmm. well, um, which I, don't, I still don't see anything wrong with that. But then I don't remember who we heard it from that they were like, hey, you got to evolve. Like problems evolve. You got to, your solutions need to evolve too. Look, the light, it's already starting, <laughs> the, the strobe effect in there. But. <laughs> We, we sat down and we're like, hmm, maybe we need to evolve our service to, you know, serve better the people that we want to help, right? So now we're in the talks, okay, like, okay, how can we include certain elements to, you know, especially the ones that we've gotten people asking for, hmm, how can we include this? And I think that's along the lines of what you did. You had that evolution, but I'm curious, you know, I got to a point where, I don't know, maybe evolving was way too much, right? After Cerebral 360, I'm guessing, I mean, if it's a full-fledged agency that you do everything, it's, yeah. it's probably a lot, right? And instead of evolving, you probably had to just, like, go somewhere else totally different, right? How, how what, what was that transition? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that transition, essentially, because I think... I, I was trying to, you know, not become Elon Musk, but I had that Elon Musk mentality. It's kind of like, I'm going to put my hands in all these damn things. I'm going to be an octopus and I'm going to make all of this thing work. And I'm going to create this synergy and I'm going to create this massive corporation. Hence why I became a travel agent because it was more so I had the creative side, but I wanted to get more of the business side. Mm. So that's that's when I became the insurance agent. I was like, as an insurance agent, that's, that's a pinnacle point in finance, no matter what side of the coin you're on. So I dove into that space and I, you know, I got my insurance license. I still hold them to this day. Then I got my series six more so analyzing the market. And then I became more of like a, a consultant and I'm just jumping around, picking up things that, you know, like you said, you can't really get in school. Like, so I was getting yeah, paid yeah. 
to play. I was jumping from company to company, 30 days here, 60 days there, just getting random jobs because I knew that company had the philosophy or had the software or had the know-how that I was looking to learn really mm. quickly and then apply it to my company. I I freaking love that. By the way, yeah. I, like on the way here, I was listening to to a, a story of somebody that went to this auction, right? And it was something completely different than than what he normally used to do, right? And he was explaining how the auctioneer was teaching people how to buy, so mm-hmm. it's like less friction during the event, right? And then he came back that same Monday. I'm like, hey, we gotta implement this new process in the sales process that we have, either the webinars or the the the, the presentations, the on stage thing. How do we actually teach people to reduce the friction for them to actually go make the purchase right and uh, and is is putting yourself in those situations where like maybe it's different industries right like i personally come from the fitness industry right i, I ran fitness studios for a while and then applying those principles to maybe a monthly membership on a network that we might or might not be building hmm. uh <laughs> so like what, what what are those principles that you might bring right from other industries that come in and i and i love it was that pretty intuitive for you because i feel like a lot of people when they dive in right the message is niche down into this mm-hmm. one thing, right? And then, for example, our, our personal experience was we niche down, we grabbed a lot of traction very quickly, right? We maintain, and then the natural evolution starts asking like us, be like, okay, what's next? Or mm-hmm. they're like, hey, can you guys help me do this and do that and do that, right? Um, so for us has been kind of like a, a, a friction point there because we're like, okay, we should we just continue on this path of like mm-hmm. highly, highly, highly focused service and yeah. highly niche down or should we start expanding? For you, I feel like it was like pretty natural and then you seeked those opportunities, right? Was this coming mm-hmm. from your own or you, you heard somebody say this and you're like, okay, I'm actually going to go try it. And then how do you choose those opportunities? Yeah, so for me, I think it just came natural. You know, I was, I'm not going to say I was always the weird kid, but I was always uniquely different. I was a kid that had white contacts, fangs in his mouth, and my hair looked like old, dirty bastard. And I was kind of like, I was in all the groups, but none of the groups at the same time. So I was always a different thinker per se, right? If you want to base that off of the philosophy of Apple. So I could kind of tell you a story of like what you're talking about. Like, I went and worked for Comcast one time. It was, and I knew that the the cycle for Comcast at the bare minimum was going to be a 30 day cycle because it was at the call center. What I wanted to learn was like, okay, like how are they recruiting? That was my first thing. And then later on, I used that recruiting strategy for the insurance side many years later. In addition to it, I want to know what their upsell cycles like because I know Comcast has a great model. And if you don't know that model, think of it. Hey, c- come to us. We're going to give you something on sale, right? You're going to get this for 12 months. At the end of the 12 months, you're going to be like, the hell with that. I don't want to pay this premium. You're going to call back Comcast and be like, I'm about to cancel. And then they're going to change you to another department. What you don't know behind the scenes, there's three departments. There's an upsell department that uh, all they do is upsell. Yeah. There's a downsell department that says when you want to cancel, they're going to downsell and change your price. And then there's the new introduction. So there's three different things that you're always moving in the ecosystem. And once I learned that, I was just like, holy shit. Later on, I realized like that's what funnels are. Upsells, downsells, yeah. and cross-sells. But I learned that through Comcast, mm. understanding that their models is 100% to keep that client satisfied. They're going to give you something cheap. They're going to inflate it. And then they're going to reduce it again, but it's never going to be as cheap as the original price. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, this is so juicy. Okay. So yeah. ha- hashtag so juicy is so good. So, okay. <laughs> so here's a. Is, is hashtag juicy juicy? <laughs> you messed it up again. Oh, come on. Okay. Uh, Hold on. Be- before, before you go there. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Uh, just a quick I have parenthesis. A juicy question. I just a quick parenthesis question. <laughs> okay. Hey, so you don't, you don't wear the fangs anymore? <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I think my head has grown over the years. So I don't think. I mean, I literally had that sucker in high school. So I don't think I but I did find it recently. Recently, uh, I did find them again. Hey, uh, there we go. go. Hey, maybe one day we'll see you. You know, hosting one of these podcasts like that. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason, as I, I'm very excited about like this story that you were telling me, is because that sometimes in, in the entrepreneurial journey, right? And this includes me 100, right? I came out of college and I'm like, I don't want to go work for somebody else. Like entrepreneurship is in my veins. I've identified there's these experiences like while we were growing up, like selling the t-shirts, selling the stickers, all this mm -hmm. stuff, like putting events in college, like that I really want to create, right? Like build something. I don't know, like maybe uh, as big as Elon Musk or you, right? But I want to build something. I don't know where it's going to go. And, and that story, right, in my head, it kind of prevented me from chasing opportunities, to continue learning, right? And then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna tackle this challenge of entrepreneurship or building a business on my own, right? And then obviously there's a ton of walls that come really quick and hit your face very fast and very intensely, right? As you grow <laughs> or as you try to like get out of the cage, right? But then I got, because of necessity at some point, I had to go get that job, right? And my, my job was, selling fitness memberships, right, for a boutique studio. And then I grew in the position and ended up running a few of them. And and I learned a ton, right? And then I applied that learning and did that. So kind of like this similar concept, right? But for me, it was like very natural. There's a lot of entrepreneurs there that are resistance, re resisting to that, right? And and there's a lot of opportunity, right, in whether, like, whether that's sales, like the story that you talk about Com Comcast, the model on the back end, like learning how to do that, getting your experience, getting paid while you learn these things and then going back at it, right? Uh, what would you say to those people that are facing a little bit of resistance, right? Because I was in that position and then finally when I surrender, I'm like, this is part of the journey. Let me go learn those skills, right? Mm -hmm. while also getting paid and continue to build on the side, right? And then, then there's a different story trying to balance those two. But what would you say to those people? What would your advice be? Well, I, I want people to realize, you know, you're talking about the digital age and now we're kind of really going into like the, the, like the reoccurrence of education age, right? So yeah. if you're not paying for the education, why don't you get paid to be educated? That's just the way I look at it. So a lot of times the people that you're talking about, they're going to get to the point to where they're going to climax and they go want to jump out of corporate America. And then that's when they come to people like us because we have the academies and we have the courses and we have the summits and we have the online webinars and they're searching for something and they're willing to spend anywhere from $47 to $47,000 to learn this. Right. But they could easily then take a part time job and do it for the same amount of time, probably even less, maybe 60 days and learn what they would learn in these course opportunities as well. At least have a better foothold so when you do take a itemized yeah, course, yeah. then you know exactly how to use it. You're not coming in cold turkey, fresh from a corporate job, saying, oh my God, a funnel. I never heard of a funnel. What do I do with a funnel? This is so confusing. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just night and day difference when you actually put something that's already being worked on and being utilized mm -hmm. to good use. Yeah. Uh, I, I love these stories too. I'm, and I'm curious, do you have any other story like the comcast one um yeah I've, i mean i worked for apple too at one time too so really just, you know yeah cool. I, i worked at the apple store and and the apple store one thing i learned about the apple store was like i was really good at selling units per transaction mm. and 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 when you think about units per transaction it's the same exact thing we're trying to do online right you're trying to upsell mm -hmm. <laughs> so i got really good at upselling but i really wanted to be more of a genius so what i learned on that side was like the management If you have an employee that wants to be something, but yeah. you're not feeding it into it, and they may be really great at X, 
you're going to lose that employee because they really want to be this, even though they're great at that. You should help them move to where they want to be great, even though they're great at this particular thing. So that's the two things that I pulled from from working at Apple was like how to upsell, how to cross sell, how to make you per transaction a lot higher by doing the value proposition. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, you got to take care of your employees. Wow. Yeah, that's really impressive. And it like you work for some pretty big companies, too. I mean, it's not like you <laughs> went to like, you know, found any random, you know, small agency and work with them. You were like. Who are the big dogs? Let me go and learn from them. You, you are like the original. That's the original funnel hacking, right there. <laughs> that's the 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 OG funnel hacking. I love that. Um, th- so so I'm curious. Okay, let's move past Cerebral 360 and mm-hmm. all the, these jobs, right? Um, you now are building a community, and I'm curious what caused after a lot of years of growing this agency of trying multiple things, right? Like. What was the thought process on <laughs> this is the next big thing that I'm going to do? Because, again, you seem like somebody. I mean, no, you don't seem like somebody. I know you are somebody that's always looking for to achieve the next success. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say you are an, an overachiever. Right. And I'm curious on why does that community fit that profile? Mm-hmm. Right. How, how does that fit to your mission? So, I mean, like with anybody, like if you're running a marathon, you, you hit that that crux, right? If you're a rock climber, you hit that crux. If you're working out in the gym, you hit that crux. And for me, my crux was that I had a damn stroke, a literal stroke to mm-hmm. where I was in the hospital on my damn deathbed after building the agency, after jumping between all these different corporations. And at the same time, you know, I was a primary caregiver for my son. I had got primary custody of my son when he was about four years old. And fast forward now, he's 15. So for the past 11 years, I was doing all this. In, in addition to being a full-time parent. So everything just climaxed. And like literally in uh, October, 2018, had a stroke. Wow. So when I woke up in the hospital, then I had the opportunity to say, okay, yeah, I built all these different things. Yeah, I understand all these different things. But the one component that I was missing was if I did leave behind my agency, my son wouldn't even know what the hell to do with it. He wouldn't know how to run it. He wouldn't know how to operate it. He wouldn't. He, it would probably just be stolen from him or just sold or just fade away. And that's when I had the eureka moment. And at the same time, my girlfriend, who was my current wife now, was like, it's time for you to brand you as a brand. Step from behind the curtain. Stop hiding in the shadows and step into the limelight. And that was the transitional period. Wow. I'm surprised that the stroke was actually fairly recent, man. That was 2018. That was uh, just a few years ago. Uh, Well, first of all, I'm glad that you're doing great, clearly. Uh, So I'm happy for that. And I, I love the that change, right? And we often we often talk about like most people. We feel like we actually talk about this in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Do we have to like hit that moment to try to make a change, right? And and I'm curious in your opinion, right? Uh, do you think most people need to hit that spot, or can we actually make that big change, that big leap before you know hitting that spot and avoiding all the pain? I say if you don't hit it, you'll never become great. Because, I mean, the reality is is that Boston Cage and everything that I learned from Cerebral and all the companies that I've had previously, I would not be where I'm at right now if I didn't have that stroke. I still would have been on that 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 treadmill of I'm going to build this corporation this way versus now I'm talking about more so legacy, education, community, and packaging it up from everything that I've learned from Cerebral 360, but I'm doing it in a uniquely different way versus creating an agency. Now I'm trying to create a movement. 
Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, I think it's so important nowadays, right? Uh, I, like, things are moving very quickly. Like, we, you mentioned metaverse. Like, it, that thing, you know, you, you sleep two hours and it has evolved completely, right? <laughs> You're like, what's going on? It's really hard to keep up, right? And uh, at the end of the day, I think for us also, like, the thought of building the community has has come across and we're like, and people just naturally started to levitate towards what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And, and it has been kind of like put on pause a little bit because first of all, we didn't have the capacity to actually serve them to the level that we wanted to. That's number one. And then it's about to change, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but at the same time, uh, when you mentioned that moment when you're like, okay, I got to step in front of this and be that, that leader, right? Like, and it, it might look in, in form of content, in form of like uh, that attractive character that, that you've become, right? Mm-hmm. Internally for you, was that a hard decision to make? I mean, I I, I, I kind of know the answer. Okay, uh, but here here's why I asked this question, right? Because, you know, we, we talk in the world of publishing, right? For us, like when we started the show, that was a very low point in, in our company. Or he's, We were like four years old in the, into the company, not a lot of traction. We lost a bunch of clients and we're like, man, it was kind of like our company stroke, right? It was like we had two months to live, basically. And the show changed everything for us uh the publishing right so for you how was that transition and you were you were giving me this face of like yeah i mean like it was not easy like can you, can, can you describe me through that process yeah i mean i i could i could vividly describe it to you because i mean it happened in 2018 right and then what people don't realize when you have a stroke is like your brain swells up you're uniquely different i you know i lost the, the motion of my right hand i had to work back my speech was obviously i'm a new yorker so i, I speak really fast Damn. i was like slow drawing i was like yeah and it took me months to kind of speed back up to where I'm at right now. Yeah. So from October until like February that year, it was more so recovery. And then once I'm on that recovery, the entire time I'm recovering, I'm thinking like, okay, what am I going to do? 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 What am I gonna do? Every, every damn day I would wake up. And then finally I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get into this drop shipping. I'm going to learn drop shipping. I'm going to understand Shopify. And I jumped into that market and I started building and developing a Shopify store and I got it up and running. And I was like, this, this is interesting. And right before I had my stroke, I had just started getting into the publishing. So I had published my first book earlier that year or the year mm. before, whatever it was. And then I was like, I found a, a particular group of people under learn.com. And it was Onyx Segal, and he had a guest on his show. And his guest was talking about Kindle this and Kindle that. He'd been doing Kindle till 2000. And I was like, I already published one book. What is this Kindle thing about? So I dove into that. Uh-huh. And, you know, I learned like everything I could from that environment. And I was just like, holy shit, I already had all these components, but now I know the reality of what I'm going to do. So from then until now, I've published eight books. And on that journey, I was like, part of publishing was cool, but what can I do with publishing that gives back to the community? And that's when literally in 2020, (laughs) February, I was like, okay, finally, after one year, the 2019 was my year of of dibbling and dabbling and figuring out the formula. Mm -hmm. And then I launched Boston Cage, February of 2020. Let's wow. go. That's awesome. Hey, yeah, standing ovation. Studio clap and standing ovation. Yeah, <laughs> there yep, we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I, I say, first of all, do you have the book right there? Because I see you got plenty of books behind you. Do you have the first book that you wrote with you right there? Yeah. Um, first one. Which one is it? 
Oh, there we go. Yes, love. Fuck failure, seduce success. I love it. Guys, go check it out. Uh, we're going to leave the link in the description. Make sure you get your copy. And then make sure you leave Essay a message telling him the three things you learned from that book. You have an assignment. <laughs> I love it. And I, I mean, I have a whole bunch of questions about <laughs> writing a book, uh, but I don't, want, I don't really want to like... You know, goes in, in, in such a a tangent. Um, I say go for it, man. <laughs> but you know, like it's a process. Obviously, we've heard it from a lot of people. Like it's and coming from nothing of not creating. You know, I mean, you're building your business, you're creating your business, but not from publishing per se. What was the challenge like? You know, putting your thoughts into mm-hmm. words, right? And then, I mean putting it out into the world for criticism or for, you know, for people to comment it and read it and, and get to know you. What, what was that process like? So the first process, the first book essentially took me like probably six to seven months. It took a long time. The second book probably was three months. And now I'm at the point to where literally if I want to, I could probably drop a book per week. So it was just taking the lessons learned and creating the system. And once you have a system it's just like a podcast. Like every time you start your podcast, you already know your cues. You already know like your ad spot. You already know what kind of questions you may have. And then whoever you're interviewing is going to fill in those blanks. It's the same exact damn thing to write a book. Same exact philosophy. Interesting. So, you know, this tells me that some people might overthink some stuff, right? And of course, everybody got different process and all that stuff. Um, so I'm curious, do you have any, any thoughts on overthinking, right? Because... Again, I, if I write a book, if I sit down to write a book, I'm not going to, you know, undersell myself, I guess that's the word. But I, I don't I don't think I could do it in three months. Right. Or or maybe six months. Um, and I'm curious, am I overthinking it? Right. Am I, do I just don't have the process itself? <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sure there's there's other types of you if know, you're, if you're listening, that, by the way, please, please go watch the video to see the reaction of both of our faces when he said that. Just going to put that out there. It is worth watching it. <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah, like what what, what yeah. can people do, you know, to like get I guess yep. like get that levels of performance. So I mean it's a funny thing that you brought that up because I mean I was part of the Success Champion Summit. So I had made like a little small blog post after the summit to all the, the speakers and I was like, look, you guys are missing opportunity. Maybe some of you may realize it, some of you may not. But you just spoke on a stage for 30 to 45 minutes, whatever it is, right? Think about that 30 minute, transcribe that sucker, right? Before that transcription happened, you already had your outline because you wrote your speech. You already did your deck. You already did your slides. So all you need to do at this point in time is transcribe, clean up, and fill in the blanks. And then you'll easily have a book that's 120 pages just from your speaking engagement. And it was just kind of like the light bulbs went off. I mean, it's that simple. Mm. If you are writing a speech, a speech is essentially an outline for a book. You're giving actionable. You're giving value. You're asking people for input. And then you're also giving them steps on how to do the next thing. All that sounds like a book to me. So powerful. So ba- very powerful. Um, I love it. Uh, Fancy. I'm just gonna put this out there. I think like we literally have probably like ten books between the ideas that we've been able to develop. Yeah. Uh, so this is another and the, and the podcast, right? Uh, this is yeah. another powerful thing, right? I said like uh, you know with the show, there's obviously when there's the process of turning those thoughts into words, right? In our specific case, it has been the the platform of the show. And, and guesting as well, right? Guesting probably more powerful because when they ask those questions, like 
these answers come out out of the things that we've learned that we've experienced, right? And there's these different things that, that we gotta say. And, uh, and, and I love mm. this fact of overthinking it because on publishing, like even when people try to go and launch a show, for example, or, lo- or, or start interviewing people, or you know, even publishing, if, if, mm. even going on Facebook Live, there's so much friction that we put into, into our own minds and be like, I, I don't think I can do this because X, Y, Z, right? And mm. uh, you know, one of the questions that we ask, like, okay, well, what if I run out of things to say, or like, I'm very scared that I don't know what's gonna and we're this past week because of a program that we'll be launching in January right we've been jumping on client calls and all the feedback has been coming in I remember two days ago Fonzie's like dude this is insane like look at all this like gold content uh, and and questions that they've been asked we will never ever run out of content because of this so you know I want to encourage everybody out there right have those conversations right start interacting collaborations like the one that that we're doing with you right now because those things are going to come down and if you want to write a book someday please please follow SA Advice which is by the way on minute 26 so um, go back and re-listen to that SA you're gonna gonna have to write a book on how to write a book so 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 made I read made I read there Uh, now I'm curious I have another question that I kind of like put in the back burner there and it was about you told me that one year you were like jumping from one thing to the other right Mm -hmm. and I mean we know it's very real the shiny object syndrome in entrepreneurs uh, right, like they go, oh, this opportunity here and this opportunity there and this mm-hmm. opportunity there, uh, is is literally a call for help. SOS, right? That's what it stands for, shiny object syndrome. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm curious. Like, you seem to be an executioner. Like, you jump through all these things, but you do it. Like, you take action, right? And as somebody that, you know, has had that SOS call (laughs) a few times, right? And I've jumped from one thing to the other. I was like, oh, this is so cool, right? How do you focus on those things? And when do you know it's a good time to move on to the next thing, right? Because you hear a lot of the times, like, focus. Like, stick to one thing long enough, endure long enough to be successful, right? Um, But I personally don't think there's, like, a specific timeline, that mm-hmm. people need to follow. I think it's somewhat subjective. Uh, you got to get feedback to know if it's like working or not, right? But when is that moment that you pivot and that you're willing to learn something new? And how do you, once you pick something, how do you focus on that? How do you put your mm-hmm. attention in that? I think for me, because I've done it two different ways, right? And, and this is like, I'll say like my second or my third rodeo show, right? So the first time when I was doing like the media stuff and then I got into the insurance and I got into travel agent, because I was thinking you know, I hate to say it, but way too big before mm. my time was there for me to think that big. That makes mm. sense. I mean, insurance is, has nothing to do with graphic design. Graphic design insurance has nothing to do yeah. <laughs> with, with, with anything, right? Yeah. Until you think about like the vision. So the vision was to create a multiple agency to where people were going to be traveling to do some of this graphic design work for the for, for clients. And then we would have our own travel agency to fulfill yeah. that, right? And in addition to that was the insurance it was part of it as far as building out the financial aspect of it. But again, too big. So what I've done is like figured out like my space is essentially digital currency, right? So where am I in the digital world and what can I add on to what I'm doing? So I started a podcast that became platform one. As mm-hmm. I'm interviewing people on this podcast, you start to see patterns. So the pattern was I was an author. I was interviewing a lot of people that wrote books. So I started asking them a particular question. What books have you read to help you? What books are you reading now? And what books have you written yourself? Mm. Then that gave me enough content to say, well, shit, that's a whole new platform (laughs) that's still stemming from the same platform. So I created a Boston Cage book club 
and the book club content is being feed from that question from the podcast mm, right definitely. and then as i continue to talk the next step i'm going to do is i'm probably going to build a boss cage tech club because i always ask what software you're using what what tools do you use in your company that you would not be able to do what you're doing without well i've asked that question like a hundred times now so i have enough yeah. content to now create a whole affiliate platform that's just about all the different software that all these people are using and monetize that as well so i'm staying in my wheelhouse based yeah. upon the original content but i'm creating all these little epicenters that are all circling around the boston case brands mm. that's that's very interesting that is like i mean it, it sounds like a great affiliate marketing strategy and yeah like the diversification on all these things and and and, and your ability to spot opportunities honestly like within these conversations that you're having and the feedback that's coming from the people that are listening to you, I think is, it's amazing. And we can learn a lot from that, right? Yeah. It's like, are we actually listening mm -hmm. and, and looking, right? Have maybe having an open mind to encounter these opportunities. Yeah. I want to, I want to highlight this part right here because I feel so important whenever, you know, we, we talk about podcasting or publishing, right? Like in our case, people are like, Oh, you have a show. Yeah. That's, that's a Avenue, right? There's so much others mm -hmm. that happens behind the scenes, right? With the micro assets, with the live show, with the behind the scenes. Right. But, um, people think it's, it's just this, right. But like you mentioned, right. Things start to happen while you have these conversations mm -hmm. that you start noticing patterns, right? In our specific case, with the type of guests that we've had, we're like, okay, the con the constant is consistency, right? Like in, in publishing, it's like you gotta be consistent. So we gotta yeah. figure out like how can we be consistent or how can we help people be consistent, right? That's number one in our side of things, right? But also we also have those questions that we continue to ask every single episode. In our specific case, there's like is they're related to publishing. And uh, you, you'll experience you, you'll experience it in, in a second. <laughs> but those have a place that is not just social content that, that has a place in different things that we do on the mm -hmm. on the back end as well. So yeah. I, I want to encourage people that if you are publishing right now, you have a show. What are those things that continue to come up? Right. Because like you spotted affiliate opportunities or a book club. Right. In our case, we're like, well, we we have all these incredible entrepreneur stories. One idea that's on the board. Right. Uh, it's we, we have this idea of, of a brand that we want to create called A to Z Husky, right? I have two Huskies that, man, like my kids, my, I have a two-year-old and he loves that, right? Okay, what about we take these stories, we adapt into A to Z Husky and then you have a whole line of different things. So again, like this is like crack for entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. It definitely is, uh, you know, shiny object syndrome right now, but we have the ammo. Like we don't have to go look anywhere else to create that product whenever we have the resources and the capacity to do that, right? So yeah. I want to encourage everybody, these trends are going to start, you know, picking up and, and go do that. Have you seen any, like from yours, right? Have you seen any other like unique cases or benefits from having that one platform or multiple platforms? Yep. The next one for me is it's definitely, it, it only makes sense that I go into NFTs because it, it just, <laughs> everything linearly just connects. And I was just like, holy shit, now there's an opportunity not only for me to create content, monetize the content, but then I can prove ownership through a digital ledger. So, I mean, just think about that concept. I'm like, where the hell was this when I was a graphic designer? Like, where yeah. was this in the late 90s, early yes. 2000s? So now I can create all this additional content and I can talk to my community. Like, okay, you may not be able to own Boston Cage, but you know what? You can own a damn Boston Cage lion that's a one of a kind that's breaking out of his cage and he has on a three piece suit and he's ripping it open. There's only one of that image that's ever going to be created. And you could own that. 
love it yeah and as the community grows right it feel if it, it fits into this full circle right as the community grows it grows in value your relationship grows in value more people want to be in it more people want to be a part of it well, and then you create this whole experience out of it oh man i love when it I, when i have to do a nft special in here uh, and i was gonna mention that i was gonna be like <laughs> are you designing yourself those those nfts Yeah, well, I mean, I've got systems in place. So, I mean, I, I've yeah. just learned that it isn't because I I know how to do a lot of things. It does not mean that I yeah. should be doing everything. Yeah. But but I can put my fingers and I can touch and modify once it's started, or I can put my input in. But yeah. Again, I'm doing 25 different things at once, so I can't do all of them at the same time. Absolutely. That that's a great lesson right there for you listening right now. He said, uh, "I know how to do a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that I have to do them all." Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like. As entrepreneurs, as business owners, we like to get our hands dirty, and, and, and a lot of us—I'm not saying you know—I'm generalizing here a little bit—and we like to do it all. And sometimes it's not you know the how, but it's the who, right? Like how who can I plug in here that can maybe take this to the next level? That is even better than myself at doing it, and they can you know improve the process and give better results. Um, I'm, I'm I'm saying this for myself. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> um, Jose and uh, Daniel, please, cut this and send it to, <laughs> to his Slack channel. Okay, yeah, Good, they're, thank you. They're gonna hold me, hold me accountable. <laughs> yeah, I, I like learning a lot of stuff, and then I'm like, ah, I'll just get obsessed. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, man. It's gonna be a lifelong learner the way I look at it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. How do you how do you how do you deal with that? Right? Like because the same thing, like we can't we don't stop learning. These things are moving so fast, and we can we have mm -hmm. to adapt, right? So how do you filter? the things and how do you prioritize the items that you need to take action on immediately, right? Like, how do you have a process for that or is it pretty intuitive? It's a combination of both. I mean, I was NFTs is not something new, but the reason why I decided to get into it right now is because, you know, I have my Boston Cage Academy and that is becoming systematized. Like, you know, part of me joining like Donnie, right? Donnie's networking group was a very good networking group for me to come into it. So then I took the responsibility of becoming an education chair in that group. And I think if anybody's listening to this, this is going to be such a golden nugget. If you have an opportunity to join a networking group and you have an opportunity to become like an education chair, well, you know what that really means to me is that I have an opportunity to create content and test the content on live people every single damn week, record that content, and then put it into an academy. So four times a month, I'm creating content on the fly for a community of individual people, right? Yes. So then you want to yes. really understand that content and then put it on a platform to where you can monetize it, and then you just keep building over and over again. That way you don't have to fight. You don't have to think about what am I going to do next. You could ask those people and say, hey, what do you guys want to learn next week? It's so powerful. By the way, yes, Golden Boulder. <laughs> golden Boulder alert. Fonzie, where's your helmet? I where know, is your need, helmet? We need to get oh, Wait, them. you have a helmet. What's, what's <laughs> happening here? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. Talk to me about the Boston Cage Academy, right? I mean... Yes, you build your community, but what is the mission behind it? Who are you helping? Um, and most importantly, where is where is it going? Yeah, so for right now, like the core is people like myself. And I always use this analogy of triangulation, right? Podcasters are on one side of my triangle. Authors are on the other side of the triangle. And then the base of the triangle is entrepreneurs. So in the middle, where all three of them overlap. And then you may have two of the sides. You may have... You may be an author and entrepreneur. You may be a podcaster and entrepreneur, but you may be an author and a podcaster. But the goal is that this academy is going to show you how to like serialize this information, right? So I'm putting yeah. information on authoring. I'm putting information on podcasting. I'm a brander, right? I've been branding and 
graphic design is my core of everything. So there's a lot of branding information in there. And again, I'm doing a lot of networking. So as I'm communicating and closing deals and, and getting referrals, all the information that I'm creating in these networking groups, I'm also putting that in there as well, too. So it gives a person the opportunity to, to see the storyline. If I'm an author, how do I become a podcaster? If I'm a podcaster, how do I become an author and how do I monetize both these things? Cool. Yeah. So, so good. So what, what is the best way, in your opinion, to build a community like this one? I would, I would say you have to start with a platform. Like You just can't start with an academy, right? If I had started this academy in February of 2020, it would have been for, for no reason. I mean, I would have to use my old brand and try to figure that out. But I studied podcasting for that year. And everything I did was just 100% podcasting. Like, I blocked everything out. Nothing else could face me at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So then once I got the podcasting down to a system and I had Excel spreadsheets and I had automation and we got to the point to where, you know, I think now we're at like 90-something episodes out. Like, yes, we've just so. we just dropped episode 80-something, but we have 94 of the episodes. So technically, I could stop recording podcasts until essentially 2023 if i wanted to so it gives me opportunity to then take those elements and go to the next phase so the next phase was the book club i started that january this year then now i'm going into the nft phase which is going to be like the big thing into next year but the underline between everything is the academy that pulls in how do you do a podcast how do you do nfts how do you write books here's the opportunity i've done it here's all the branding here's all the stuff that i've created and now i'm showing you how to do it for yourself yeah So um, when I'm listening to this, right, obviously with the podcast, it sounds to me like you're targeting more of a, an audience, right? For example, for us, the value on the platform uh, or top, top value is this relationship that we're building right now, right? And we mm-hmm. share it all the time. Uh, and we, all, we always say like building the, the audience is kind of like a collateral benefit for where we are at this point. I think eventually we'll, we'll have something specifically for building an audience. But I'm curious, how do you, what was that process in that one year that you were just focused on the podcast? Was it the main goal for you build these relationships or was it to build the audience? And it sounds to me like it was a little bit of the audience. And how were you doing that? Well, for me, it was more so I didn't know anything about podcasting. So one, I wanted to be able to conquer that monster. First of all, I wanted to uncage myself in that space. But what I realized very quickly that I'm really good at is if there's a problem, I'm going to try to systematize the solution for it. Mm-hmm. So my first issue was like editing, right? Like how, how to edit. I, I already had an editing background. I've done yeah. video and all the other stuff. So I was like, I can do it myself. That's great. But that's that's taking my time away from the bigger picture. Yep. So yeah. Then I hired a freelance editor. And I was like, well, that, that's cool. How do I make his job easier? Then I created an Excel spreadsheet. How do I make this spreadsheet even easier for him to recognize? Then I started doing time code. It's like, here's your cuts. Here's, here's what I want you to put. The, the ad spot. Here's how I want to put the intro, the outro. And then I was yeah. like, how do I make that even better? Then I found a platform yeah. that allows me to do includes. So it took, so I've simplified it to where it got to the point to where now I just run the podcast through a platform. It cleans it up, optimizes it. I drop it in pretty cleanly. And then I have my intro, and my outro automatically set in. So it's all systems in place. So once I conquered that, then it's the next problem. How do I conquer that and systematize that? Yeah. Mm. I, I love I, that one I, problem I, at a time. Yeah. And I want to command you for 
Taking action. Command uh, you or command you? Command, com- 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 no, command it, command. Yeah, English. <laughs> Sorry, guys, my English is not very good looking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so but I want to commend you for taking action on that, right? Because a lot of people freeze when they see that and then they're like, I don't know what else to do, right? Like for us, when we had a, a first show called Bruce and Bros. And uh, that has not seen the light of day because there was a lot of friction in that, in that sense. Yeah. And the reason we're able to run, you know, three live shows a week right is is because of the systems right and that's one of the things that we're really passionate about is whenever whatever type of content you decide to create you know whether it's a blog whether it's a podcast whether it's a, it's a platform youtube videos right figure out a way to, how can you remove friction from the process first to execute and then to make sure that you can replicate that right that's a reason that in our specific case we have a team that produces under a very specific framework, our own show and the the people that come and work with us, right? And that mm-hmm. allows for also some flexibility and a lot of capacity, right? So I think that that's where uh, it's so important. And thank you for bringing that up because at first it would take a lot of energy if you don't figure that one out, right? So uh, yes, and then what happens is you stop publishing, right? Mm-hmm. And then we cannot build a community. We cannot uh, explore these ideas. We cannot expand on the thing and build the business that we want to build so thank you i say as i for 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 bringing that out like it's so it's so important i really appreciate it yeah and we're, we're getting here close to to the end before that i want to highlight i've been looking at this you know awesome painting you got on the back for the whole hour and i'm like <laughs> is that darth vader and did you make that yourself yes and yes so it was one of those random things and one day we got some stencils out and I had got my hands on a Darth Vader head that had lights built into it. And I was like, this would be really kick-ass if I just put this on top of Boston Cage and put it behind my head. So it's like Darth Vader is always looking over my shoulders at all times. Yeah. It, it, it's protected. Epic. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I love the whole the whole idea. Uh, but, but I'm curious, like, why Darth Vader? Well, there's, I mean, there's always two sides to a coin. I mean, ideally, I would have probably, um, you know, both Yoda and Darth Vader at the same time. So the first one I found was Dark Vader, but I, I'm a really big believer in the yin and the yang, man. Yes. The light and the dark, so. yeah. That's pretty cool. I love it, man. I, I love the fact that, you know, for those listening, please come uh, on the page and, and yeah. watch this video because that's one of the things that, that you, from the very beginning, we decided to to take ownership. It was like in, in our space, right? Here's Fonzie with his uh, Stormtrooper helmet. <laughs> Let's go. Um, and, you know, at first, like, people, a lot of are, are judgy, right? Like, people do their virtual backgrounds or whatever, right? It's like, and for us, we're like, okay, how can we have fun with it? And, you know, if you see around, there's a ton of stuff that identify and um, us as people, right? And a lot of people sync with that. And it, I, we have a crazy example. I think it was, like, the head of one of the uh, uh, PodMax network, we started like our discovery call and uh, the introduction was like very cold at first, but then I had like this little Spider-Man next to me. It was uh, a Funko Pop head of Spider-Man. And he goes like, dude, you like Spider-Man? And immediately the relationship completely changed, right? And and it was incredible. And that, that's a big part of publishing. You're going to start attracting the people that sync with you and then the yeah. network is going to spawn. You never know. So I really appreciate you uh, putting the freak. That is so awesome. This is probably one of the most <laughs> memorable like uh, backdrops that, I, that I've personally seen. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Top five for sure. Top five. Top we're gonna five. we're gonna do a yeah, yeah, yeah. we should do a backdrop rate. A, a yeah, rating. a content is profit backdrop rating for twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, as, as as we wrap up, right? What will be an action point that you know an entrepreneur, somebody that's building their business, right? They're starting to publish, being consistent, right? They're trying to get that momentum. What's something that they can do today to continue to move forward? 
I mean, there's just so many different variables to, to, to the answer to that question. I think first and foremost is like you have to have the right mindset. Like no matter how many hurdles that you're going to hit, no matter how many times you fall down, it's kind of cliche, but you're going to have to be able to get back up. But the time it takes you to get back up is very important. Mm-hmm. If you sit and you sulk and you hold and you're like, fuck, it's not working. What do I do? And you're laying in bed and hours go by, then two days go by, then two weeks go by. You're losing out on tractionable time. It's just like working out. Like if you hurt the first day and you work out the second day, by the time you do that for about two to three months, you're not going to be hurting anymore. Then you're going to be doing it. You're going to be desiring it. You're going to be hungry for it, motivated for it. So stop sitting on your ass and get out there and do it. Yes. I love it. Uh, you hear that, Fonzie, right? For the <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I took this one too, too hard. <laughs> um, is it where, where, where will you be if you never published? Whether that's a book, whether that's a platform, where do you think you will be right now? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a hard question because, I mean, I've always been a creator of some kind. But I, honestly, if I could just be anywhere, it would probably be on a sailboat creating content literally like <laughs> having remote wi-fi on a boat telling a damn story day in day out well yeah. i'm just gonna throw this idea out there essay one day we're gonna do a live content is profit show on a sailboat just saying uh we're we're, we're close by the way we have a, a previous content is profit guest uh, shout out to wally conway uh he actually boat. has a yacht called c studio s-e-a mm. And he records all his stuff in there. So maybe we can, you know, co- collab and, and do something like that. So, Wally, if you're watching, uh, let's go. Yeah, I got to sure. connect with Wally, man. I mean, I'm a fellow sailor as well. I started sailing Ooh. last year. That's oh, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, we're we're, we're going to connect you guys. Uh, yeah. he, he's incredible. He lives, like, in our same town and killer, killer entrepreneur. Awesome as well. So I'm sure you guys will relay it a lot. The power of relationships. Nice. Yeah, I love man. this. I know. Um yes. Essay, before, you know, before we head out, like where people can connect with you, where can they find you, where can they get all the books, where can they be a part of the Boss on Cage Academy? How do they do that? Yeah, so the Boss on Cage Academy, it's a simple name. It's learnacademy.bossoncage.com. The podcast is podcast.bossoncage.com. And if they just want to know more about me and like my strategies and growth strategy and branding, it's essaygrant.com. Easy peasy. Guys, we're going to leave all the links in the description. Make sure you scroll down, click them all, subscribe, uh, join the community. Just just do everything that SA is saying, please. Um, no excuses. You you heard it. You heard it here first. You got to get up your butt and take action. So yeah, also, I want you guys taking action in this link. Also, if you have a Yoda head, uh, please send it to SA so we can build like a second oh, incredible, yeah. you know, part of to the, to the backdrop. So. Uh, <laughs> I have I have a nice. uh, baby Grogu over there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but it's not as big as your Darth Vader. But anything else you want to add, SA, before we head out? Um, I would just think, man. I mean, when opportunities knock, I mean, you. I think the biggest problem that I, I've learned in my career is that people hear about opportunities and they let fear shut them down because they're not sure. And they think asking questions may make them sound dumb, but they may sound like an idiot. But in reality, if you just take the risk and ask those questions, it may change your life because now you have a new mm. opportunity that you never would have had before. So I love that. I love that. Ask the power of asking. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Essay. This has been absolutely amazing. Do you have anything else to add before we head out? Uh, no, I think this was awesome. I just wanted to say thank you for for your time. Incredible conversation. Cannot wait to hang out. Uh, whether whether that's a yeah. you know Wally's boat or 
anywhere in the world. <laughs> and uh, now um, but we have to like, I don't know, we got to reconsider our thing. We might have I to know. do something like that. I too. Know. You, 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 <laughs> so you kicked us out from the top five. <laughs> the ba backdrops. Yeah, by the way, we got some comments coming here with like, um, I don't have, what's it? I don't have a Yoda's head. I'm just the Yoda of YouTube. Ben, he was our previous guest at Content nice. is Profit. But, you know, Ben, you know, find the head and send it, send it to us. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. Uh, all right, guys. With that said, thank you so much for tuning into the Content is Profit podcast. Go ahead and follow the show and on social media at this bros Co. That is right. And if SA here help you move one step closer to your goal, please don't forget to share this episode with three friends. Remember, that's your ticket of admission. And, and don't forget to leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.